Welcome to Tea with PILPG. I'm Paul Williams, the president and founder of the Public International Law and Policy Group, and today in our series of talks on professional excellence, we will be discussing the importance of networking, and we'll be doing that over a cup of constant comment today. Joining me are Aya, Carly, and Elizabeth. Why don't you take a few minutes and introduce yourselves? Thanks, Paul. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm getting my JD at Harvard Law School. Prior to that, I spent four years working at the State Department's Near Eastern Affairs Bureau. I'm excited to hear some tips about networking. Great. Carly? Hi, I'm Carly. I'm getting my degree in international relations at American University. I also have past experience as the National Outreach Coordinator for STAND, which is a student-led movement to end mass atrocities. I'm hoping this will give me some tips to get an early start on networking while I'm still an undergrad. Great. Aya? Hi, I'm Aya, and I'm getting my master's from the Woodrow Wilson School of Public and International Affairs and a JD from Harvard Law School. Uh, before starting school, I worked for a year in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, uh, through the Asia Foundation, and interned a few summers at Google doing some really cool political and technology work in Sudan. And I'm looking forward to hearing your take on networking. Well, wow, fantastic. Well, with those three backgrounds, I'm sure you'll have lots of exciting questions about how to crack the code on networking. Today's specific topic is never eat lunch alone, or essentially, networking, what, me? Question mark. I came up with this topic, never eat lunch alone, when I was thinking back about the anxieties that many young professionals have when it comes to networking. And I remember the first week when I was the Office of Legal Advisor at the State Department, and one of my clients... Andrew Mann came into my desk and saw me eating a calzone at my desk. And he said, that is the most unhealthy thing you could be doing right now. And I thought, what? Calzone? I'm okay. And he said, no, eating alone at your desk. It's the most unhealthy professional thing you can do. Have you not noticed that you're inside the Department of State? 12,000 Foreign Service officers doing amazing things on every corner and part of the globe. Oh, and by the way, you're also in Washington, D.C., one of the most amazing cities on this earth when it comes to the dynamic things that other young professionals and mid-career and senior professionals are doing. Why are you so pathetic that you're sitting there at your desk eating a greasy calzone and not out there networking and making new friends or touching base and deepening relationships with other friends? So I still enjoy a calzone every now and then, but I never eat lunch alone. And you should never eat lunch alone either. Aya, how do you feel about networking? Let's talk about some of your anxieties and some of your myths. Personally, I think networking is just like salesmanship. I'm just selling a product. I think my merit and achievement should speak for themselves and are more important. Networking is about salesmanship. We talked about the other day on one of our earlier podcasts, The Startup of You, that your startup companies, your products, you have skill sets. You want to be paid for those skill sets, you're selling your product. Just like any company sells a product, you have to sell your talent base. If you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to need clients. If you're going to run a nonprofit, you're going to need clients and funders. If you're going to do these exciting things that exist, these exciting opportunities on your horizons, you're going to need to sell yourself. Now, you're also right in that the most important thing is merit, talent, and skill. There's no sense in going through life selling goods that people are going to return. 
or that are going to have to be recalled. So make sure that you have nailed down your research skills, your writing skills, your oral communication skills, your teamwork skills, your leadership skills, and then go forth and sell those skills. It's also something worth noting that networking is in itself a skill. When companies look to hire young professionals, they're looking, can they write well, can they do research, can they articulate, can they play well on teams, and can they sell themselves, can they sell the company, and can they develop relationships that may turn into client relationships or funder relationships. The ability to build and maintain and deepen a network is actually a skill set that many are looking for. And one last reason why you need to combine merit and networking is that you may be exceptionally qualified for that exciting job at the State Department or that exciting job at the White House or on the Hill, but there are hundreds of other individuals that also appear to be highly qualified for that job. And so when you get down to that short list, folks are going to be reaching out to their network to see if their network has heard about you, that if there's an overlap between your network and the network that the employer or the senior professional maintains. And the more overlap, the more positive feedback, the more positive reinforcement, the more likely you are to get that amazing job that you're gunning after. Those all sound like great reasons to network, but one of my hesitations is how can I give or help people while I'm networking? I feel like I'm just receiving. You're at the early stages of your career, Carly. So that anxiety or that myth of my network would be unidimensional is often held by young professionals. And there's two, there's two antidotes to that anxiety. The first is to think of your network as a long-term investment. If you go out for tea with your friends and you talk about their dreams, aspirations, their hopes, they'll talk about wanting to be an ambassador, wanting to be an assistant secretary of state, wanting to be a partner at a law firm, wanting to run their own nonprofit, wanting to run and work for the United Nations and do peace negotiations. Now that ain't going to happen in two or three years, but 20 years down the road, your friends and your colleagues, you know, I've seen you guys, I know the crowds that you hang out with, they're amazing young professionals. They will be in those positions or in other types of positions where they're making that difference, where they're having an impact. It's too late then to ring them up and say, Ambassador Smith, Assistant Secretary Jones, would you mind being part of my network? Would you mind being part of my political affiliation? Would you mind being part of the group of like-minded individuals that I hang out with and try to make a difference in the world with? But if you start those relationships now, even if it's horizontal networking, your network will grow every year. You should also be heavily engaged in vertical networking because senior established professionals are always looking for new hires. They're always looking for the best and the brightest. It's a lot easier to hire a senior professional into PILPG because there are so few individuals that are qualified at that senior professional level. It's very difficult when we do hiring for the entry-level positions because there are so many individuals on paper who appear to be qualified. And if you can demonstrate early on through your network and the ways in which you can demonstrate your network through your LinkedIn, through your Facebook, through your Twitter, that then signals to future employers and certainly signals to PILPG that even as a young professional, you would have tremendous value to add 
because you would be able to tap into a group of individuals that we would be recruiting from or we would be looking for in order to make use of their talent pool as well. So it really never is too early to start networking or building your network. So I still have two years of law school left. I thought I didn't need to start networking until I was looking for a job. Build your network before you need it. Because when you need your network, it'll be too late to have that network. Think of the rule of five by five. By five o'clock every evening, you should have five new contacts, five new relationships that you've met and that you've begun to develop. And you know, since it's tea time, you only have a couple of hours left today to sort out those five new, five new contacts. Most folks wait until they start their new job, then they're too busy doing their new job in order to network. You want to create this network now so that as you grow older professionally, your network also grows older professionally. And you want to have that network in place so it can help you secure that first amazing job. The first job that you get out of school, the second or third job you get after you rotate from that job, that's part of your identity. That's part of your brand and that's part of your platform that you'll build on for your future career. So not to stress you out, but it's not just about being a 40-something who taps into her network in order to figure out how to change jobs. It's being a 20-something who's able to use both their horizontal as well as their vertical network. I should also mention one of the things that is afflicting young professionals are these flash advertisements. Because there are so many young professionals out there on the market looking for jobs that are interesting and exciting and challenging, companies, the government, firms, will oftentimes only interview for a week. And what they've discovered is they'll get the 500, the 6, the 700 applications they need in that week, and that most of those applications will be in some way connected to a network of existing professionals at that firm or within that agency. Because what happens is personnel office says, right, we're going to post this on Monday. Let your colleagues, your friends, your professional associates know, and then they'll pull it down on Friday. And so if you're not part of a network, and other folks are, they get the notice, they apply for those jobs, and then it closes within a week, and you'll have never seen it. If you have a vibrant and you have a dynamic network, and it's a give and a take, it's a two-way network back and forth, you'll be notified of those jobs. So it's not only that, it gives you a leg up. It actually is one of the few ways nowadays of finding out about the interesting and exciting jobs. And the reality is someone interviewing or posting a job doesn't want to sort through 2,000 resumes to find the 150 qualified people when they can sort through the 500 resumes to find the 150 qualified people and then start narrowing it down to the one that they want to hire. So it's even gotten to a point that without a network, you're not likely to find out about those exciting and interesting jobs that are out there. So what are some of the reasons that you have anxiety or you're not as dynamic a networker as you think you should be? Well, for starters, I think it's really intimidating to put yourself out there. Yeah, I'm an introvert, so approaching and introducing myself to random people isn't exactly my favorite thing to do. And that is why you both are going to be phenomenal networkers. Because people think that tend to think that networking is for social and gregarious individuals. But social and gregarious individuals simply go out there and be social and gregarious. They don't build, maintain, and deepen a network. They may 
as a byproduct of being social and gregarious. But introverts, individuals who tend to be shy, who tend to be uncomfortable putting themselves out there, need a plan. If you're going to go to an event and ask a question, or go up afterwards and speak to a speaker, or go to a networking reception, or go to a hearing on the hill and try to build you know, five new connections by five o'clock that evening, you need a plan. And having a plan makes you a much more effective networker. Knowing what your brand is, knowing what your professional passion might be, having the business cards in the right pocket and ready to be able to, to flip a business card with the contact that you're beginning to develop a relationship with. And then coming back and thinking, well, that took up all of my energy allotment for the day to go and get my five by five, to do my network. I'm not just gonna throw these business cards in a shoebox. I treasure these cards. I'm gonna connect with them on LinkedIn. And of course, because it's much easier to put out yourself electronically than it is in person, you have a nicely polished LinkedIn profile. You're going to invite them on, on your professional Facebook page. You're going to follow them on Twitter and those pages and sources are also nicely polished up. And then once they've responded, you're going to engage them in professional conversation because you put such a down payment of emotional energy to build that initial relationship that you treasure and you value it and you begin to develop it and see that it yields its value and that you can contribute value as well. In order to network well, it's obvious that you need a strategy. Carly, what's your networking strategy? To give my business card to as many people as possible. So you wander up and down the street just passing out your business card? <laughs> well, I guess that's what I'm wondering about. Once we know why we should network and how to overcome some of our fears, who do we network with? How do we find the right people to talk to? In order to connect to the right people, in order to build the network that will be of most use to you and to those in your network, you need to have a professional passion. And we've talked about this in our podcast on developing your personal brand. But you want to have a sense of what you want to be doing 10 or 15 years down the road. What are you professionally passionate about? How do you want to make a difference in the world? And what kind of community do you want to be engaged with while you're making that difference? That will help you to target the individuals that you want to invite into your network, that you want to have lunch with or have coffee with. You need a plan. You need a plan for the next few months, the next few years, and you even need a plan 10 years from now. Oftentimes, young professionals will think, and we've seen some of this anxiety here, that, no, I need a job. I don't need a plan, I don't need a network, I need a job, and then from that platform I can do all of these interesting things. You get a job by having a network, you get a job by having a plan, and you maximize the benefit of that initial job in order to leverage you or trampoline you up to your next job or your next position by having a plan, a variety of plans, but specifically a plan with respect to networking. What type of opportunities will this summer position provide me to expand, deepen my network? How will it allow me to give value back to those? And we talked earlier about sometimes being a young professional, you think about, well, you're only taking from the network. Well, once you're in a position that's interesting, that has ways of adding value to others, you want to push that value into your network. You want to share experiences, you want to share information, and you want to begin to mentor those that are younger than you on the professional change. 
And no matter how young or how early you may be in your career, there is always somebody younger than you that wants to do what you're doing or has the same aspirations that you have. So there's plenty of people to be able to network, to provide value in, in that direction as well. You also want to do your homework. Part of your plan should be knowing those individuals that you want to bring into your network and why. When you're seeking to connect with a more senior professional, the more that you can demonstrate that you're not going to ask that person the 10 basic questions of any coffee or lunch, but that you're going to ask questions 11 through 19, the more interested they will be in, in interacting with you. If you ask them questions over coffee or lunch, either individually or in a group, where you're trying to elicit information about their bio, which is definitely on their LinkedIn page and definitely on their website page, then they see that as a waste of time and they're unlikely to want to maintain this relationship because you won't be valuing their time or utilizing your network in the most efficient way. So you'll want to know their background. You'll want to know who they're connected to. And life is so easy now for you because of the social media platforms, you can see who individuals are connected to. And you can build upon those like-minded relationships in order to basically create a personal connection so that people like you and then want to be engaged with you professionally. Paul, how do you find the people that you want to network with? If you're still building up your professional passion, how do you know who to target? One of the things that I learned early on from my colleagues about career development and networking is to look at the bios of the senior professionals that occupy the positions that I would like to occupy. So for me, it was quite easy. I wanted to be a professor. So you know, one thing is you, you look at online about what assistant professors are doing. That's not terribly helpful. You look at what senior professors are doing, and you work backwards from there. You see if they've been on task force for the American Society of International Law. You see where they've published. You see what types of collaborative research that they've conducted. And by working backwards from a senior professional's bio, you can see and identify the types of organizations, initiatives, and activities that they were involved in. And then you can map out the current individuals who are involved in those organizations and activities. And then that becomes your aspirational network. So you don't ring up the president of the company and say, hey, I'd like to put you in my network. But if you're a summer associate, you find a ways of bonding with the summer associates uh, in that company, which has the president or somebody senior that you're interested in bringing into your network. And that's how you begin to develop those, those overlapping relationships. You also find individuals that are working for those organizations or engaged in those activities because they also probably aspire to those types of positions 10, 15, 20 years down the road. So for your horizontal network, you want to be able to create a, a group of like-minded individuals in your network who will be looking for the same type of opportunities that you're looking for. Ironically, it's a lot easier to convince someone in a senior position to take the time for coffee or lunch because they know the value of networking. You don't reach a senior position by eating alone. You reach it because you have an amazing and phenomenal network as well as being hugely talented and very skilled at what you do. But they can't field every call. So as we've talked about before in one of our earlier podcasts, never request an informational interview. 
Because an informational interview is a unidirectional basic drawdown of value. You're not adding value when you go for an informational interview. So you'll want to find a way of having someone in the network who's a younger professional and then thinking of a way in which you can invite the senior professional to lunch so that you and the other younger professional are taking out the senior professional for coffee or lunch and she has a connection with the other young professional who's in your network that you've bonded with and that you're going to add value because senior professionals are always growing, expanding, looking for new and dynamic talent and this is a way that your network, this other younger professional, is vouching for your skill set and your competence to a senior professional. And the senior professional is very willing to spend time and energy basically maintaining her network if it's not going to be a waste of time, if it is going to be something that there might be a potential summer associate, a potential law fellow, a potential new hire that they're having lunch or they're having coffee with. And you'll show up, you'll have done your homework, you won't ask questions 1 through 10, you'll start on question 11, 12, and 13, and you'll have an ability to have an interesting conversation about the things that are on the front page of the New York Times or the Washington Post. You'll be able to have a deep conversation about the various projects that you're working on because you're not just going to your 12 o'clock lunch at 12 o'clock. You're prepping three or four hours for that one-hour lunch so that you do hit the home run with the senior professional and that they are interested then in bringing you into their network. If I'm interested in deepening my network, what's a good strategy for doing that? So I'm interested in getting beyond the initial meeting and exchange of business cards phase and actually fostering a relationship. Never eat lunch alone, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. Oftentimes individuals will make an initial contact. They'll connect on LinkedIn. They'll send a nice little email back and forth saying how wonderful it was to meet and then they figure that they've built that network. But the network has to be maintained. Have a calendar of lunchables, individuals, professionals in your network that you, on a regular basis, every three or four or five months, remember, you have 50 years of your career ahead of you. You don't have to have lunch every week with the same person, but every three or four months, you should come back for a lunch or for a coffee. You should begin to invite folks in your network to activities that are being hosted by whatever organization you're working for. Organizations are always looking for key personnel to come to their roundtables, to their task force, to their negotiation simulations. If you have key personnel in your network, you'll want to reach out to them and do, a, do an invitation, make opportunities available for them. There's nothing more impressive than a personalized invitation to come to some type of event or activity that your organization is hosting. So leverage the organizations that you're working with so that you can provide value to those in your network. And that's the most important thing about maintaining your network, making opportunities available to those in your network, and making opportunities for those in your network to connect with others in your network. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to know more, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter or on our website, pilpg.org. If you have a tea or a discussion suggestion, let us know on Twitter at hashtag tea with PILPG. Until next time, this is Tea with PILPG, 
brewing excellence around the world.